Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa. We are holistic infant and child sleep consultants with a background in early childhood education. And we're the founders of Restful Parenting. And I'm Heidi. I'm also an early childhood educator and the owner of Blossom Early Learning. Join us as we chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Thank you for joining us. I am Pam, and with me I have Elisa. Hello. We opened a Q&A in our Facebook group, All Things Sleep and Parenting on Facebook. Come and join us. So today we're sitting down. We have time to answer about uh, four or five, so we're going to sit down and answer um, a couple of them here with you guys. We had so I, I enjoyed it last time we did this, so I, I quite like the answering the questions on the podcast. So for our first question, do you have any suggestions for pre- preparing to transition toddlers from a crib to a bed if it needs to happen earlier than two-ish due to height limits? My little one, Jack, is 18 months and less than an inch away from the 35-inch limit on our crib. So I'm trying to figure out our next steps before his next growth stir- spurt. <laughs> good reading, so, Pam. <laughs> that, was, that was really good. A for effort. Thanks. Um, so the the whole height limit is mostly just to prevent climbing out of the crib. So if your child is not really showing any signs of wanting to climb out of the crib or trying to climb out of the crib, then you don't really have to worry about that. What I would do is if they are showing some signs of getting that leg up there, we do have a blog with mm-hmm. some great tips on how to prevent that crib jumping. So we will post that for you and you could take a look at that blog and just make sure that you're doing everything you can to keep them in that crib. Now, if you did have to transition a little sooner in the end, it's okay. Your child will begin to understand. It's just not a decision to be taken lightly because it can cause a little bit more kickback on their end or it can cause them to just you know they're they're a little too young to have that amount of freedom and they don't really know what to do with themselves they also don't have as much of an ability as after their age three to understand that they need to stay in their bed. So you might get a lot of escaping the bed and just going around the room. But as long as you have the right strategies in place, you will be able to get through that. I've known people who have transitioned. For me, it wasn't something that I wanted to even do because I loved the idea of just putting them into their cribs, saying goodnight and then leaving and they couldn't get into anything. I had two, well, I have two very busy (laughs) children. So that just wasn't something I even wanted to tackle. But there have been people that I've known. And, you know, sometimes I've worked with people who have had to have their little one out of a crib before the age of three. And as long as you're consistent, you will be okay. But Keep them in the crib as long as you possibly can if they're not showing any signs of wanting to climb out. Yeah, that 35 inches was the escape resistant. So that's the wording there. So it's like under 35 inches, we can guarantee they can't get out. But after that 35 inches, they could potentially throw their leg over. So um, yeah, and we also have a podcast as well for like the tips on the transition to that bed as well. So we'll pop that um, in the description. So be sure to go back and listen to that. So question number two, my eight month old has started waking before his dream feed and won't fall back asleep until I nurse him. He wakes anywhere from 15 to 60 minutes before. This is new in this last week. 
is it a phase that will pass or is there something I can do to help him get back on track? Great question. So my first response, and this is one of the things with Elisa and I, you're going to get kind of these responses that are flexible and general because there's all lots of little pieces. But my first response would be at eight months, you could absolutely easily get rid of that dream feed now. If it's causing the wake up, especially if he's not falling back asleep until you nurse him. Now we're getting into that, like, but I'm going to stay awake until you do. And then you nurse them to get them back to sleep. And then now we're creating all these new challenges, right? So at eight months, he can definitely go the night without that feeding. So reducing that feeding and then eliminating it would be my very first recommendation. But if you do want to keep it, if it, if the feed is something that you do want to keep, you can try and move it an hour earlier. So just bring it up a little bit earlier. So if you're doing like a 1am feed, try midnight feed and see how that goes and see if that can then help prevent that wake up and waiting to be fed. Our third question is a little one transitioning to one nap for childcare. Little one is 12 months old. He does only go two days a week. So mom is wondering if she should try to transition the one nap or keep the two naps that, you know, really short 20, 30 minute one in the morning while he's at home. Because your child is only going to childcare two days a week you can absolutely keep that morning nap when your child is at home with you. And that's not going to be a problem. You can keep it for as long as you need to. And as long as he is showing signs that he is beginning to be ready to transition. 12 months is on the young side for transitioning to the one nap. We do realize that in some childcare settings, they won't do two naps. So when you have to, your baby's going to be fine but you can keep that nap at home with you. So question number four, this is another uh, really good one. I like talking about this one. So how do you transition from wake windows to a schedule, especially when your baby only has 30 minute naps? She started doing these again this week for some reason. Babe will be six months next week. So this is super interesting because this could be a sign that they are ready to go to that three nap a day schedule because those naps are starting to get shorter again. The transition, and we do have a video where we talk through um, more of the steps, how to know if they're ready, and then those steps do transition to uh, the schedule versus the wake window. But the quick idea of it is we you have those set three times for those nap times. Our schedules, we do, Lisa and I, Restful Parenting, do encourage schedules, um, but they are flexible, right? So it's the same 30 minutes. So the idea is you know, if first morning nap is between 8.30 and 9, then it's between 8.30 and 9 every day. If second nap is between 12 and 12.30 or 11.30 and 12, it's between 11.30 and 12 every day. So that nap schedule now becomes kind of bubbles of first morning nap, second nap, third nap. Um, So that transition from wake windows to the schedule is just a matter of stretching them until that next set scheduled nap. It can get messy for a couple of days, but Um, Once we regulate that circadian rhythm and we have that consistent kind of awake, asleep, awake, asleep, that's going to then help lengthen those naps. And then it's just, I don't know, the schedule for me is like the clouds open. I can plan things. We can get out. I can like, my day felt more organized. Uh, So I'm a big fan of the schedule personally with my own children, but then as well uh, through restful parenting with all the help we do with our families as well. Tips on helping my three, almost four month old to not hate sleeping. He fights naps like it's his job and bedtime is a nightmare. 
Once he's down for the night, he'll sleep approximately 12 to 13 hours with two feeds. So we've got that going for us. I mean, that's amazing. Yes. We can tell he's overtired because he wakes up so rested and happy in the morning and slowly throughout the day, his mood drops and he's just almost inconsolable by bedtime. We spend time during the day in his room and crib to show him it's a safe space and we've got a nap and bedtime routine, but nothing seems to help. My first thing to look at would be those wake windows. Mm -hmm. If during the day your baby is going for too long of a period awake between sleep periods, he's going to be overtired. So, and then that's going to increase as the day goes on. So if you are trying to work on crib naps or even just having him fall asleep in arms or carrier, focus on those wake windows and try not to keep them awake for longer. So three, almost four months would be about an hour and a half at a time. Mm-hmm. If you find that those wake- 15 to an hour and a half. So like if you're doing an hour and a half right now and it's just too much, it, even 10 minutes shorter could make, might make a difference in there. So an hour and 15, an hour and a half is the goal for four months. Sorry, yes. I jumped in on that. That's okay. So <laughs> Check that out first. And if that's in place, then what I would suggest is towards the end of the day, when baby is getting more and more over overtired, just do a carrier nap or do mm-hmm. a stroller nap and just don't fight it too much. If you're trying to get those naps in the crib, even the first nap and the second nap being in the crib is a huge win at this age towards the end of the day, it's very normal and very common for them to become more overtired and harder to get to sleep. So at those, at that point, if you're experiencing that, we just suggest popping them in the carrier and just doing what you can to get them to sleep and not worrying too, too much about that. And if you work on that for a few days, you'll start to see that the overtiredness is coming down. And then at four months, or even four and a half months or five months, if you're ready for it, if, if those naps have not improved, then you can start to work on sleep coaching. And that is going to improve everything once you teach that little one how to fall asleep on their own it's going to help those naps tremendously. But for now, just work on reducing some of that, you know, pressure. If you are trying crib naps towards the end of the day, just get baby to sleep any way that baby will fall asleep and focus on those wake windows. Awesome. Uh, We also have on the website, restfulparenting.com. If you um, sign up for our newsletter, you get video and an an ebook with what you need to know before sleep coaching. So that's all those tips, like extra, extra tips for getting sleep on track, or at least getting things in place before you start uh, teaching independent sleep. So definitely check that out as well. It's a great free download. Well, that's it guys for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Those were great questions. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you. If you are struggling with sleep, parenting, if you have questions, if you just need to know what your plan is, we can help. This is what Elisa and I do. We're early childhood educators. We're parent coaches. We're sleep consultants. We help families from prenatal through to school age on all things sleep parenting development. So reach out restfulparenting.com, info at restfulparenting.com, and let's chat.